Welcome, everyone, to the Neurodiverse Teacher Podcast. I'm really excited. Today, my guest is Clarissa Burt. Clarissa is an internationally acclaimed, award-winning media personality, producer, director, writer, author, public speaker, and former supermodel and winner of the Celebrity Survivor Show. She has hundreds of television and film credits to her name and brings over 35 years of entertainment industry experience in both international and American markets. Clarissa is the founder of and CEO of In the Limelight Media, a multimedia platform consisting of TV, video, podcasts, and digital media, uh, a digital magazine. Her shows can be seen on Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, and her podcast is heard on 15 different distribution platforms. Uh, Clarissa is also the author of the best-selling book entitled The Self-Esteem Regime. So Welcome, Clarissa. Phew, I'm exhausted. <laughs> Just listening to my bio sometimes, you know, like you had said to me before pre-show, like, you know, how do you, you know, kind of like fit all this stuff in? I don't know, but I just love what I do for sure. So um, well, I, I am impressed. That is a quite yeah. a resume. I, I love it. And, and so if anything, I'm going to jump right in and ask you, given your impressive resume and, and life experience in general, can you please share with me, my listeners, a little bit about your origin story and, and how it came about that you've been able to accomplish all that you have? You know, just the origin story is just, you know, born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to just, you know, middle-class people, a very simple, you know, blue collar background. Uh, but I always knew that I wanted to be in some way, shape or form, you know, as a child, I was a little, I guess, extroverted. They told me that I was vaccinated with a phonograph needle. Uh, and so if you don't know what a phonograph is, go look it up. And, um, <laughs> and I was Mary Poppins in the kindergarten play. And that's where I had the bug hit me when I heard that first applause after I sang supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, <laughs> that I knew I was hooked. And that's kind of how it all started, really. Uh, I didn't do much after that. I, I was in the choir. I was in the band. I was in drill team. I did a lot of those different things as, as I went through school. After I graduated high school, what I wanted to do, though, was I realized I was in New Jersey at the time, and I just wanted to, you know, bright lights in big city. And I went into um, New York City to, to you know, I worked as, a, as an administrative assistant uh, for a company, uh, somebody, you know, I don't even remember who, but it was, um, it, it just always wanted to be, you know, model. I want to be a model, model, model. And I just never thought I was good enough. I never thought that I could long story short, uh, is that I tried and it worked. And so I think that that's, you know, that's the brief synthesis of how it all started. Um, I started a model. I was in New York city. Uh, I wound up in Paris modeling and then in, in Italy. So I stayed in Europe at that point for about 30 years but the idea of the book, especially self-esteem regime comes along where I looked at, you know, my mother who was a beautiful woman and she never wanted to have her picture taken. And she was always worried about gaining weight and, oh, she came out horrible in pictures. Went, okay, mom, whatever. And then my grandmother, another beautiful woman, you know, she decides one day she just needed to lose weight. She didn't. Um, and she took two diet pills, choked on them, perforated her esophagus and wound up in the hospital for six weeks. And I looked at her and I kind of went, well, that was kind of silly, you know, then, you know, fast forward. And I see, you know, I, I start modeling and I see some of the most beautiful creatures on the planet and, um, and these gals too, in some ways, not all of them, but uh, some of them, you know, had issues that were really kind of perplexing to me, whether they be, you know, body dysmorphia or, you know, toxic relationships or maybe drug and alcohol use that might have been excessive at times. It just things that I was going, you know what, 
And if somebody really cared about themselves, they wouldn't treat themselves that way. So I saw this common denominator and I realized, of course, that it was, you know, uh, we we're talking about self-esteem or the lack thereof. And this book I've been wanting to write for a very long time. So finally, the book was written in 2020, COVID year, um, and it was picked up by Roman and Littlefield Publishers in New York City. They are a global concern. So the, uh, the upshot is um, the book is it's doing very well and it's in Barnes and Noble all over the United States. In fact, I was in uh, Alexandria, Virginia recently at a book signing um, and um, it's in, you know, it's in Kindle version. It's in audio version and I just sold it to Italy as well. So I'm very excited about it, Kristen, because it's a really, really important message. And it sounds like it. And I, I heard you say a couple of messages in there, too. And one I want to kind of hone in on is you mentioned about how you weren't sure if you had what it took, I guess, to be a model. But then you were like, but I'm going to try. And then it worked out. Can you talk a little bit about that feeling of I'm going to try? Because I feel like oftentimes you have people who self-doubt themselves or don't do that, I'm going to try, or don't push past those feelings of self-doubt. And I would love to hear where where you got that inspiration or those feelings to push past that. It's a really great question. And, and I think it was, you know, I, when, I, when I was a child, I'm, I'm old, I'm, I think I'm pretty much older than you, but we didn't have computers and cell phones back in the day. My uh, internet was this year's catalog and it used to come out twice a year and you'd get, you know, spring, summer and you'd get fall, winter. But I couldn't wait till it came out because my, you know, my co cool thing to do is I just couldn't wait to was take a look at, you know, the woman's section and take a look at the hair and the makeup and, and, I, and, and how they were dressing and how they were posing and the same thing in regular magazines. You know, we used to get magazines at the house back then. And so I knew that in some way, shape or form, that was going to be what I was going to aspire to. I was tall and I was thin and I was a little gawky for a while. And, you know, it didn't, it didn't come together for me until I grew up just a little bit more. And then I went into New York City and, and people were saying, you know, you really should be a model. And the more and I, I think the answer to the question is people gave me the support. People gave me the, um, the verification, if you will, that what I might be thinking to do with my life just could possibly happen. And so it was the kind words of others, I think, really more than anything that, uh, that helped me along. So I met him, uh, at, I don't know where I was, but I met a makeup artist and he said, I know this photographer and he's doing test photography, meaning he needed a model that he didn't need to pay for. And I was just getting started. So I needed the pictures. And, um, and we did this one shoot. I'll never forget. It was up on the West side one night mm -hmm. and, and it came out rather well, actually. I think we were all very surprised at ourselves at the work that was done. And I took those pictures into Wilhelmina elite and to Ford. I was picked up by two and I decided to go with Wilhelmina and the rest is history. Wow. That, that's, that's, I love that. Cause it's like that confidence was there. You went for it. You took, you took the chance. There's not that regret of, what if I had never done it? And I think that's important, especially for youth to hear that it's important to go ahead and take those yeah. steps and, and try and see and see what happens. Yeah, and, try and, and see what happens. I mean, you're, you're going to be naysayers. Oh, well, you don't want to be listening to anybody that's not supporting you and your dream 100%. You know, just having the dream is almost 90% of the game. And then putting your efforts into making that happen um, is the other 10% make, you know, make it happen. It's, it's not as hard as you may think. Now, look, you'll hear a lot of people say, Oh, you could do anything. You could be anything. And 
at my age, I know I'm not going to be called tomorrow by NASA and be on the moon in nine months time because it's just not going to happen. Right. It probably, probably isn't going to happen. So I stay realistic, but kids, you know, kids today that are younger and have you know their whole lives ahead of them certainly should be, should be, um, you know, uh, trying every avenue, everything that they want to do, you know, is not necessarily quite, you know, I always say it's not always, um, you always have to do just one thing. Mm-hmm. I wanted to model and I modeled. I wanted to act and I acted. I wanted to produce and I produced. I wanted to write a book and I wrote a book. There are many different things that are so available um, and, and support systems also out there that I didn't have back in the day that certainly are, are much easier to find today. I love it. it it's kind of like you came up with a mindset. You said, I'm going to do this. This is what I want to do. I'm going to do it. And you found a way to make it happen. And you just kind of listen to that internal voice instead of what some of that static that could have been out there from other people. Absolutely. And, you know, the daily demons are always going to come up, right? So you're always going to get that, you know, the negative Nelly comes up and you just at a certain point you go, yeah, no time for that today. Can do, no can do, <laughs> you know, because here's the other thing I, I, I say it. And, 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 and that is, you know, I, uh, maybe I won't even go down that path, but I do really want to, to, to underline and underscore the importance of being really, really clear about your vision, mm-hmm. like super like laser focused, uh, clear about where it is you want to go. And that's not always easy, especially, you know, when you're younger, but you have an idea, you know, I knew that I wasn't going to be a brain surgeon. I knew that my, you know, that, that, that the, uh, the overarching was probably going to be a stage in a microphone in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. And that could be theater. That could be TV. That could be radio. It could be podcasting. Now it could, you know, it could have been, it could have been a book. It could have been um, public speaking. There's so many different ramifications of microphone and, and um, um, a stage, right? Mm-hmm. So you have a, if you have the broad stroke, that's good enough to work with right now. And it will, as you move forward, it will, it will, it will become more clear. Wow. I love that. I like that. So let me ask you then, is some of that incorporated into the self-esteem regime? Can you tell me more about the self-esteem regime? What does that look like? What kind of messages can you expect there? Yeah. I love to tell you about the self-esteem regime because I really think it's my life's work. And I say that because I I didn't have self-esteem, you know, as growing up as a child. I know I didn't. And I swear I told you about my mother and my grandmother and some of the people, you know, the lovely gals that I've worked with. And I realized that nobody gets off of this planet without at least, you know, one bout of low self-esteem. It just kind of comes with the territory. But what is really important is to have the resources and the tools that you need to be able, what I call weather the storm, to stand strong in your stead, to be really firmly rooted so that when the storm, the hurricane, the typhoon, you know, whatever it comes, you know, barreling through, you might lose a leaf or two, you might lose a branch, but you're not going to be, you know, uprooted and transported away with the storm because you already knew that life, you know, is pretty great place to be, but can be very interesting at times. Um, and that it can trigger you. People will trigger you. Life events are going to trigger you. And, you know, it's up to you again, to have a really clear blueprint and goal and missions as to what it is you want to accomplish and how you want to accomplish them. Who is the person that you want to be while you're accomplishing your goals is a really, really important, um, uh, piece of what self-esteem is. Of course, we hear self-esteem is don't compare yourself to others. Yes, that's absolutely true. Um, the other thing is, um, oh, I could be here all day on this, but anyway, um, it, you know, the idea of uh, not being good enough. Mm. 
not good enough. Oh, that one, that was the big one. Never, but nobody's ever good enough for anything. Well, I'm here to tell you that that's not true. And that you are, we have to be careful about the wording there as well, because if you look up enough, enough in the dictionary is only as much as is required. Now, I know that I'm a whole lot more than is required, and I'm sure you are too, and anybody that's listening is a lot more than what is required. So I invite everybody to say, I am so much more than enough. We talk about mirror work in the book as well, and um, the importance, and it looks funny, and it feels funny, and you're going to feel ridiculous doing it, but none that I didn't make it up, but I am going to adopt mirror therapy, which is where you go into the mirror, and you tell your things, all the lovely things that you need to hear that other people may not be saying. And you're so that you become your own rah-rah session. You become your own support system. And by the way, that's the number one issue is becoming your own support system. Don't be depending on anybody else. It's why they call it self-esteem. You don't need anybody else to tell you how good you are, how great you are, how fabulous you are. You should know that from the work that you'll be doing in my book. We start out with release. So the first chapter is what is it you need to release? What is it that you need to unlearn where are the old paradigms the old you know the old traditional um uh teachings if you will that you were taught along the way whether it be from the natal tribe whether it be from your faith and I'm, I'm nothing against faith but sometimes there might be one or two things in there you're kind of not jiving with you take what you need take what serves you take what take what is truth for you and move forward. Same thing is going to be happening with your, you know, the institutions and your educative process. There may be some things that you learn along the way. You're kind of going scratching your head and going, I don't know about that, but I like that. Take that then as you're form, forming yourself and you're, and you're moving forward along your path. One of my greatest goals is always to be a better person tomorrow than I am today. And that can be something as simple as, you know, drinking the, you know, 12 glasses of water I'm supposed to drink a day or for my health or whatever it is, you know, 10 glasses, whatever it is, or making sure that I take the vitamins and that I'm eating properly. It could be, um, you know, getting out into nature um, because I need to take a break. I, you know, I can feel when the overwhelm is coming on. So I know it's time to detach a minute um, from, from the stress. Uh, so knowing, being mindful also about when it is you need to walk away from the stress. There's a lot of stimulation coming at us uh, from our gaming, from our friends, from our family, from our schoolwork, from our work work, uh, from politics, from television, from, uh, you know, from the news, from social media. We are overwhelmed. There is too much for most of us to be able to even comprehend on a daily basis. And so the idea of detaching and making sure that you take time, we call it self-care. Guys are, you know, need self-care too. It's not just a girl thing. Uh, and that's also why, by the way, the cover of my book is blue and not pink. It was pink and yellow and orange in the beginning, the cover. And now I, I made sure that it was blue so that it would also catch the male eye. Because self-esteem is not, you know, uh, exclusive to just women and girls. It's also men and boys. Um, we all have issues with self-esteem. My goal is to make sure that everybody lives in happy, healthy. And, and I'm glad you, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think you're right. I think oftentimes we forget about boys or or men or. Uh, that they also battle with that, that they also don't always see themselves in, in the right light, or they also battle with body, body dysmorphia or eating disorder. So I, I'm glad that you mentioned that and, and bring attention to the fact that it's not just females, that males also are impacted. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. And, and let me ask, do you feel like 
part is part of because you said self care in there and, and the self esteem regime. Do you do you feel like you're trying to also help people prevent that that idea of burnout that's become so prevalent and more talked about since the pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. You know, part of the pandemic that was really a problem is that we couldn't get away from one another. <laughs> and I don't mean, you know, I mean, you know, I also um, uh, was uh, collaborate with uh, domesticshelters.org. So we were putting out PSAs with them. And, you know, we were finding that, you know, because we had to stay at home, that, you know, the victim was at home with the aggressor. And so, you know, they weren't able to be away from one another. And therefore, you know, domestic violence uh, saw an increment, of, you know, a large increment in growth. Um, so the idea that we all need alone time. We all need decompressing time. We all need that self-care. I don't care what that is. What the, does that mean? You're out in you know your man cave for four hours. One. I don't know what it means to each individual. I just for us girls, usually it means a glass of wine and a bath. You know, with some Epsom salts in it or something, or a mask, or you know, guys can find their ways too. And and you know, I think for them it could be maybe it's a weekend fishing or you know a night out with the boys, whatever that is, whatever it means for us. We know where our happy place is. We know where our decompression point uh, is, and when we need to go, you know, sort of unscrew the pressure valve and just let off some steam. That's why they call it let off some steam because it mm -hmm. comes from pressure cookers. Right. So that's where that all comes from. And, and um, I, I highly, highly, uh, you know, and I, I have an issue. I have a problem with that sometimes because I always feel like if I'm like, I'm not being productive if I'm doing that, like I'm taking away from my work and I really need to be working, working. No, no, no. Self-care is just as productive and it's just as needed because look, if something happens to us, solopreneurs and entrepreneurs, the rest of it comes crashing down on top of us. You know, we're holding it all up. So we need to go, okay, we'll be right back. <laughs> God, I'm going to go take a nap or I'm going to, whatever it is that's going to restore uh, and refresh is what you should be doing. I, I agree with that, especially as somebody who is a solo entrepreneur. I, I understand what you're saying. And, and I feel the same way you do. Sometimes when I finally do have those moments, it's almost this anxiety of, oh, I should be doing this or I need to be getting on to something. Or if I'm not working, then I'm not being productive. Right. And you have to remind yourself that, no, this is what my body needs. This is what my mind needs. Or you yes. will push yourself to that level of burnout. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, some of the... Okay. So anyway, um, you go ahead. Ask me a question. I could be, again, I could be here all day. On this. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I love your passion. I love how you're feeling. And, and I think everything that you're saying is, is very valid, very valid. But so there's, a, there's a, there's a, there's a study that came out by Forbes. It says that um, uh, entrepreneurs are twice as likely to su struggle with depression than people that work for a company or for corporate. I can I can understand why I can yeah. understand why, especially if you are someone who might be uh, I myself and neurodiverse hence the neurodiverse teacher I have ADHD and I do sometimes after I've come out of that hyper focus awareness yes. it's it's hard to then be it's okay I I need this decompression I need it I need it because you feel like you need to be going or you're not accomplishing or you're not achieving and I've been ADHD my entire life as well so for me. Um, you know, it's easier for me to work with people because I know that, you know, I feel more productive that way. I get more gassed up that way. And, 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 you know, working alone, you are accountable, you know, your accountability partner is yourself. So ADHD and the bright, shiny object syndrome, you know, squirrel is always, um, <laughs> is something I have to be mindful of. So, 
if I want to be, if I want to be moving forward, if I want to be productive, if I want to be, um, you know, successful, I have to, you know, make sure that I also am my own, how do I call it? I don't know, accountability part of the disciplinary team, you know, back to work, say, yeah, take a nap, but then back to work or, you know, but again, I always know when that, when that valve needs to be, you know, again, let, let go of some of that steam. And then I, I just go, I, I now am at the point where certainly give myself permission and I happily do so. I think that's fantastic. And I think it's important for, for people to hear that. And, and I'm glad that you mentioned the fact that you also have ADHD. And, and I think it, it shows to the degree of all the different projects that you're involved in and all the things that you have accomplished. I think that that's a very common trait for people of ADHD to constantly have these different passion projects and these different areas of interest. So my major question that I have for you then is how do you stay organized? Do you have a specific style that helps you stay on test? How do you also make sure that you know, not only are you organized, but you keep keep the motivation strong, that you're able to get yeah. that follow through? Yeah. Um, I have been known to be a great procrastinator. You know, the, the more difficult the project is, the more painful the project's going to be. That's the one that gets backburnered. I do a lot of the little stuff, you know, first, but I'm a great list maker. So for me, I have to make lists of everything. Otherwise, I'll forget. There's just too much on my plate for me not to um, to make lists. And then I just love when I go, check, <laughs> where I can scribble it out and it's done. So, you know, absolutely um, making lists for me is one of the biggest ways and the greatest ways that I stay on track. I get the work done. Um, and um, I also have, you know, there's a shorter list. There's the medium list, like it's got to be done within the week. And then there's a long-term list that I need to get that done within the next three months. So prioritizing in that way also helps take some of that. If I had to put it all on one list, I, that, there you go, your overload, right? But yeah. when you're able to prioritize it and, and, and um, space it out, uh, I find that that definitely, that definitely helps. And then, of course, to have your, as an entrepreneur or a solopreneur, to have all your systems in place. So, um, and then to get some help, you know, make sure that you have help. I have some interns every once in a while, they'll come and they'll go. Uh, but, you know, to be able to get that kind of help is really great. And then, you know, assistants and VAs and that sort of thing. That's fantastic. Now, let me ask you, did that always come easily to you? Or do you feel like that's a style that you had to almost develop over time as you got to know who you were and, and how you best process and manage information? Yeah, I was always considered somebody that got stuff done. If you want it done, you gave it to me. That I remember that as a child. Um, everything from, you know, my, my nickname is Chrissy in the family. So give the baby to Chrissy. It'll stop crying. And I'll be damned at that baby every time, <laughs> every time that and I was 11, 12, you know, they'd pass the baby to me that they could not get, you know, this unruly baby that wouldn't stop crying. The second it was in my arms, it stopped. Oh. She, it, the baby stopped crying, which mm -hmm. was really phenomenal. It was like, wow, that's so cool. I was always a, you know, a take, you know, charge person. And I was always a caretaker. So those are people that you'll find more in leadership roles. Mm -hmm. And those leadership kind of roles are, um, are ones that you, you know, that you usually give to people that really get stuff done. The creatives, you know, they might take a little longer because they're really creative and they need longer to think about it or draw it out or come up with a concept. And you know, so they need a little more time. I was always boom, done, boom, done, you know? So it was a little bit, not that I'm not creative. I think I am, but I, I really like getting stuff off my list quick, quickly. I like, I understand that. I am, that's that quick dopamine fix that we yes. got to make that check mark. Yeah. Right? We got it off. I like that. 
I like that. Well, tell me, tell me a little bit more about the work that you do. How could, if my listeners wanted to learn more about you, if they wanted to reach out to you, if they wanted to follow you, how, how could they do that? Let, let me dive into knowing more about you. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you. You know, um, I, I'm everywhere on social except Snapchat because I don't even know how the darn thing works. Um, uh, so I'm on, I'm on social. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. Well, I have no clue. Um, but everything else, I'm there right there on social. And um, and the book is in, in Barnes & Noble. It's on barnesandnoble.com. And it's also on Amazon. It's also on Kindle. And it's also on um, Audible. So no excuses not to do the work. And I really, really, I really suggest you do the work because the light at the end of the tunnels, you know, is so bright and it's so bold and it's so beautiful that the work that you're going to be doing on yourself now will pay for itself, you know, a hundredfold when you're done doing the work. And then this is a kind of book that you'll read it the first time and get certain things from it and certain messages will land. And then you'll read it again in six months time and go, wow, I don't remember that the first time I read it because you weren't ready for that message yet. It's yeah. funny how the universe works when, when it's, you know, when you're looking for answers, it will give you what you need at the time and how, you know, how you, uh, uh how, uh, it knows what you're able to ingest, if you will. Um, when, and when you're ready. Um, so yeah. And then you just go back and read it again and, and boom, there we go. And then you read it again and it's, you know, it's, 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 it's an easy read, but the work is definitely there. There are 12 chapters. There are case studies. Clarissa's that corner, the clarion call, homework, reviews, affirmations. The book is chock full of all kinds of resources and tools that you need. And if you do the work, and I really, really underline the importance of doing the work, take mm-hmm. your time, take the time. Maybe you do a chapter a week you know, and you implement that chapter. But as you move on, you're going to, you know, it's really easy to be pulled back into the old you, right? So you're going to have to really just gently let the old stuff go. Doesn't mean, you know, you're not still, you know, you're still hanging out with your family and your friends and, and those things, but you're going to be making, as you raise your vibration, you're going to be starting to create new, uh, attractions in your life. Um, it's, it's funny because I heard something recently says, yes, we do affirmations, but we also like to ask formations. <laughs> it's really important, right? It's like, what are you asking the universe for? Make sure that your value system is in place. Your value system is in place. What are your values? There's your blueprint right there. Those are the things that you should never veer from. Those, whatever your values are. For me, I've, I've created something recently. It's called, I want to live high. People are like, what do you mean? That's drugs, not drugs. So I want to live. I didn't think I, that's where you were going, but now I'm very, I'm uh, no, 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 no drugs here. No drugs. Here. Never, never, never. I'm not, I don't even do Tylenol quite frankly, but high is honesty. So radical honesty with yourself and with others. And if you can pull that off, that's like 50% of the game right there. Mm-hmm. Integrity for me is the a number one w- word in the rule book. Integrity is everything you are. It's the person you are when no one else is in the room. I like that. Gratitude, because you have so much, whether you think it or not, whether you believe it or not, right now you have so much to be grateful for. Start making that list. All the things you need to be grateful for. I've got a roof over my head. I've got a pantry full of food. I've got full health. I've got a warm bed. I've got a family that loves me. There's five that I, oh, most people would be happy just to stop right there. Yeah. So what, what is it that you're grateful for? And then the last one is honor. If you can live with honor, 
You know, I love when they say loyalty is when I have your back behind your back. Loyalty is when somebody has my back behind my back. Who are the people that are in your lives that you've created a relationship with that you can A, call at three o'clock in the morning, no matter what, no questions asked. Mm -hmm. And who are the people that are going to stand, that will absolutely defend you should it be the case. So these are high, these are lofty goals. These are very high goals. But if you can live with honesty, integrity, gratitude, and honor, I'm going to go with you're doing pretty darn good. And your self-esteem will, will soar. And you will now be living a life that is a, in full-on reflection of those four words. I like that. I like that because I don't think how often people do stop to make that reflection that you talked about or also see how much that goes hand in hand with your individual self-esteem and how you see yourself. Yeah. And be really honest. Be radically honest with yourself. You know, what do you like about yourself? What don't you like about yourself? And what are you, what are you ready to change? And believe me, that there... That, the work that you will do for in this book or any other personal growth book or self-help book that you may pick up, the key word is courage. Mm -hmm. It's having the courage to do the work and then the stick-to-itiveness to, to get the job done. Because again, you know, you only, you only uh, risk becoming a bigger and better person at the end of the day. So why not? Everybody should. I like that. I like that. Now, before I ask you my my final message that I like to ask all my guests, I want to give you the opportunity. If there is anything I missed that I didn't touch on that is very passionate to you or close to your heart, I want to give you the opportunity to share that message or that information with my listeners before we, we move into my final question. Here's another really strong one that I like to leave with people, and that is don't yes. betray your conscience. Don't betray your conscience. You know what's right. You know what's wrong. You do. And your conscience is always going to be right there reminding you what is right and what is wrong. Mm -hmm. So or what's not right. Right. You know, so your conscience is there to help you live in your greater, you know, in your greater good and with your truth. So, um, yeah, I would say don't betray your conscience. I like that. I like that. Well, that might be part of your your message for my final question then, but I would love to have you answer for me because a lot of my listeners are young adults, they're students, some of them are neurodiverse, have had struggles in their lives. So if you could give a message to some of our youth, some of our young adults who are either have struggled, they struggled in school, they're struggling um, right now, trying to find their way, finding their path, what message would you want to share with them to have them have some inspiration or hope? Worrying is praying for what you do not want. So the more you worry, the more you fret, the more you look at life from a negative aspect, the more you're going to call that in. So catch yourselves when you're worrying, when you're fretting, when you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, because it is, I'm telling you, it's there. Um, you know, catch yourselves, be mindful of your thoughts, very careful about what you're telling your subconscious, because your subconscious will, subconscious, because your subconscious will believe you. Mm -hmm. So if you're worrying all the time, your subconscious is going to call in more worry. If you're fretting all the time, then you're going to, your subconscious is going to bring you all kinds of things to fret about. But when you let go of all of that stuff and start going, nope, okay, toxics, the toxic stops here. 
right here. It's up to me now. I have a new slate. I have a new chalkboard. I have the chalk in hand, and I'm going to absolutely write down what I will and will not accept in my life anymore. I'm going to create good, strong boundaries, and boundaries are meant to teach people how you want to be treated. That's what a boundary is. And doesn't have you don't have to create boundaries in anger. You don't have to go ah yeah. I want no. Boundaries are created with ease and joy and glory and love and thank yous and. And can I talk to you for a moment? Because what you just said kind of hurt my feelings. Can I tell you how that made me feel? And and just, you know, put it out there like that, but create the boundary, stick to your boundaries and know that, um, that if it doesn't feel, look, if it hurts, it isn't love. Mm. Right. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll leave you with one more. And that is people of, of, you know, of, of all ages or, you know, they're always worried about failing. Oh, I'm going to fail. I'm like, oh, what if I don't make it? What if I fail, 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 fail? Well, failing as an acronym is your first attempt in learning. So remember that the more you fail, not that I say fail forever, but each time you do fail, you are closer to your success goal. You know, there's no way, it's very rare that you're going to go from A to Z with, you know, in a straight line, there's going to be zigzags, right? It just, it's just the nature of the beast. So yeah, that failing is not a bad thing. It's actually embrace failure. Know that, that you now know that that's not the path to take and create a new one and see how that works out for you. I love that. Cause I think a lot of our youth don't realize that failure is a learning opportunity. Absolutely. It's a way to see things a different way in a different perspective and doesn't necessarily have to be associated with a negative. Absolutely. I love that. Well, Clarissa, thank you so much for for sharing about the self-esteem regime. I definitely feel like that's going on my book list because I feel like that's an important message that everyone should, should read, should be aware of to build themselves up. So thank you for sharing more information about it. Thank you for all that you do in general and just being an inspiration and if anything, showing people who are neurodiverse that your neurodiversity doesn't have to stop you from accomplishing your dreams, your goals, and setting out to to do major things in your life. So thank you for all that you do and for your time today. I really do appreciate it. Thanks, Kristen. Appreciate it. Thank you so much.